Hey, Pathways, what's going on? I hope that you guys are having an amazing week. I know I am hanging out in the warm weather. Finally, uh, I'm going to say this. I might actually jinx our entire state, um, but spring is here in Wisconsin. Um, it has reached 80 degrees this week, and so I'm holding on to that. Um, so I hope that you've had an incredible week out in the warm weather. Uh, my name is Michael. I'm the youth pastor here at Pathways, and I'm joined today uh, by our children's director, Rebecca Pettit. Hey, Michael. Nice to be here today. Man, I'm excited for this one. I, I really am. I, I believe that God has some incredible things for this uh, this edition of, of Table Talk. Um, so obviously, like I said, spring is here in Wisconsin. It's it nice. It's warm. Um, the, the sun crossed. is out. Right, My toddlers are like, oh my goodness, we get sun in Wisconsin. What is this? This is just wild. Shorts and <laughs> flip-flops are all around. Yes. Um, but so... Obviously, spring is a transition, and and it's kind of it's perfect that this is the week that we're we're talking about this uh, because we're going to be talking about a transition today on the podcast, um, and and that's kind of this this huge moment that happens for high school students as they are no longer high school students, right? right. We are yes. a month away from graduation. Uh, we're a month away from kids that are going to be graduating high school and becoming adult-ish, kind of, right? They're going to be like, kind of, yeah. I yeah. mean, they were legally adults earlier when they turned eighteen, but now they're they're kind of gaining some independence. And so I'm really excited yeah. that Rebecca and I have the chance to sit down and talk uh, about this really important and, and key moment uh, in the life of our our students and in the life of um, life of our church as well. So. As we're talking through transitions, right, this big, huge event coming up, graduation for so many kids. It's crazy. I remember it wasn't that long ago that we were there. But why? Why does this matter to all parents? Yeah, so that's a that's a really good question. Why does this matter to all parents? Um, you know, when I, I look at it, because I, I think it's really easy, especially for, for someone like me, I, I've got toddlers. Like graduation yeah. feels like so far away, but at the same time, uh, so does my kid going to 4K and that's happening next year. Right, right. right. So yes. It, yep. I mean, anyone who's, who's a parent knows that time flies. Time it goes does. by fast. Um, and we have to be, start making choices now that are going to, you know, on the back end are going to uh, set our kids up well. You know, uh, it's the, the reason that this is such a crucial time in the life of an 18 year old. Um, is because this is like that moment of release, right? Like picture uh, learning to ride a bike, or um, if you have if you have kids that you've taught to ride a bike, right? I remember ride, riding a bike for the first time without training wheels. I remember my dad running alongside me and like letting go of me, and I you know went ten feet and then crashed. Yeah. Um, when you but, realize you weren't being held <laughs> right, on to anymore, right? right. Uh, but it's this is that moment of release, right? Yeah. You, if you picture childhood as you're teaching your kid how to ride a bike, right? How to do life. This is that moment of release where, you know, they're running alongside you. You're, you as parents are running alongside your child, and there comes a moment where you have to let go. If you don't let go, bad things happen as well, right? right. You can't Agreed. let go of them. You can't hold on to them forever. You have to let go. Um, and so this is that that moment where you have to give up control and let go. And the reality is that for a lot of, um, especially for a lot of teenagers, you haven't had control for a while. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> There's this amazing thing that Adam uh, actually said on one of our podcasts, um, Pastor Adam, and uh, what he said was that as your kid gets older, your authority goes down, but your influence needs to go up. Yes, agreed. And so yep. the reality is that this is that final last bit of authority uh, dissipating as they leave, um, as they leave your house basically, right? This is that that moment. Um, the other reason I would say that this is a really crucial time as far as transitions go um, comes from stats. 
there's this old Barna stat that 80% of Christians leave the church from 18 to 25. Um, here's the reality. These are numbers. We're talking about souls. We're talking about kids. And I have watched as a youth pastor, um, but also as a, as a student at one point in time, as a, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, I've watched that 80% become true in my life. I've watched many of my friends from different backgrounds, um, from different experiences, uh, walk away from the faith. I've, I've watched that 80% happen. Um, and it's, it's so much more than, than just that, um, than just, you know, a, a number. It's kids that are coming from, some have this amazing faith yeah. background, some have a, a horrible faith background. Um, and so I, I think it's important. This is kind of that crucial moment. You, you want to get a little bit further into it. You look at those 18 to 25-year-olds. Um, there, there's a stat out there that approximately half, so 47% of those who drop, you know, drop out of the faith, uh, they, they would say that attending college and moving to college played a major role in no longer attending church. Wow. That right there is why that, this is a crucial moment. This is a huge deal, right? I'm still caught in that 80%. It's staggering. Like it's staggering. 80% it's is staggering because that's the <clears throat> church kids. That's the, like you were saying, yeah. that's the kids the, the, that are churched or unchurched or that's, that's a huge number. Yeah. It's, it's a huge, huge stat, right? Um, and so that, that's one of the reasons why this transition is so powerful. Um, but the other thing that I think we need to do as parents, as we look at this transition is we kind of have to back up a little bit. Um, because I think it's so easy to get into the weeds when we're talking about parenting, when we're talking about specific subjects, it's really easy to get in the weeds and, um, you know, miss the, the big picture. Um, you know, and I think that really is around this question of what's the end goal for us as parents. I was just going to ask, I was going to say, what is, what is the end yeah. goal of all this? What's, what's our, what's the, what's the plan? Right. <laughs> so I, I think when I look, when we look at what's the end goal for us as parents, um, you know, I think it's a very personal question. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that for me, my end goal, uh, for my boys is that they follow Jesus. Like I want my kids to grow up and fall in love with Jesus and follow him. Right. And, and, and that's, that's my heart. Yeah. And it's really easy um, parents of young kids, this is kind of where we get the advantage. It's really easy to tell if your kid is in love with Jesus and following Jesus when your kids are young. My kids, very easy, right? Yep, very easy. You see they, this in the kids' yep, space all day they're long. They're little right? sponges, so they they're have that innocent, just that innocent faith, right? That <clears throat> that childlike faith, like we talk yeah, about. I they mean, just love it's, Jesus. It's something that's so easy to see. I mean, my yep. my little son uh, Liam. He'll run around the house and say, it's the good way. It's the best way. It's the right way. Yep. It's, it's God's way, right? Yep. He'll run around all the time and talk about Jesus and sing about Jesus. Like, it's really easy to, to know that he's hearing that and that he's processing that. Uh, when they become a teen teenager, it's a lot harder to tell, right? It's a lot harder to tell where you're like, are you following Jesus? Are you not? Are you... What is going on here, right? Like, you're, you're looking at your kids like, is are you following? You, you say you're following Jesus, but I'm watching this thing and this doesn't look like you're following Jesus or, you know, you're following Jesus, but I haven't seen the Bible open in a while. Right. That, that was, right. that was right. me as a teenager, yes. right? I would yep, say I'm too. following Jesus, but my Bible is collecting dust. Right. Yes. And so I think that that, that's a key component. Like that's a huge, huge thing that we need to look at. Um, <coughs> but they have to have more than just their Bible time. Right. Right. They so, have to have more than more than just that. Um, and I'm a numbers person. I love numbers and metrics and how, how do we measure stuff? Um, 
And so the cool thing is that as a church, we kind of have metrics. They're not designed to measure faith. Uh, that's not exactly what they're designed for. Um, but there are three environments that allow us to kind of assess the faith that we have. Um, our involvement in these these three things are, are kind of what um, determines kind of what our faith looks like. Um, and there are three things. It's row, circle, chair. Um, you can find biblical backing for, for all of these. The first is row, right? So what is row? It's time spent in the corporate body of the church. This is our Sunday morning service, right? Um, you know, you could go to passages in, in Matthew that talk about Jesus going to the synagogue, as was his tradition, right? Spending time in the row, in the uh, basically in our in our church body, right? So that's the first. Sure. Okay. Uh, second is this: it's it's our, our circle, right? Um, go to Acts two, right? What does the early church do? They spend a lot of time in small group environments, uh, discussing life discussing how the Bible changes the way that they live their lives, right? This is a very normal thing for them to do. Um, is So can I just ask a question? Is yeah. is a youth group considered, like if they come to a youth group, is that considered a circle? Is yeah, that their absolutely. small group? Yeah, that's their that's their small group. And and really, if you watch our, um, our small group, our, our small groups across the board, you'll notice that we put small groups on Wednesday nights and you know, whether it be Roots or in student ministry, uh, intentionally, they don't really have a choice. They go to small groups. Yep, they do. With the heart behind it being that we're training them up. Hey, this is part of faith is walking with other Christians. This is a piece of what we call our faith so that when they get older, they see that as an important component of what they do. Um, you know, that's that's a, a huge, huge piece of that. So those are the first two. Mm-hmm. Third is this. It's the chair time. Um, for those of you who aren't uh, familiar with what this is, chair time is spending time with Jesus. Um, this is that personal time spent in the Bible, spent in prayer, um, that you're you're trying to connect with God. That's what you're trying to do. This is where it becomes personal. And I think this is where it gets a little bit, this is kind of the place where the rubber hits the road, right? Because you can be a Christian and, you know, be a Christian with air quotes and go to church on Sunday and be involved in a small group, Right. You can, yes. But where it becomes your own faith is in chair time. Is when you have the third. Yeah. Right. That's that's yeah. a that that's where it becomes real. That's where it becomes your own kind of faith. Um, and this is this is something that's tested during those periods mm-hmm. of, of transition. And it doesn't have to necessarily be that your kid's going off to college. Um, even if your kid's staying here, they're going through a different they're going into a different stage of life. Yep, they right? are agreed. Or even think of it this way. Um, imagine that you're you're moving somewhere. Right. I, I know of a couple different students, even this year, that have moved from Appleton to different places. Um, and they're kind of going through the same exact thing that those college age kids are. Obviously, yeah, they're yeah. under their their parents, but still they're they're going through that transition. And so it's really important as we talk about kids, as we talk about students, um, that they have all three, that they have that um, that row, that circle, that chair Um especially when we talk about transitions. We talk a lot about, or we have in the past, about um, kids finding their own faith. And I really think like how I view that is that that chair time is like that intimate time with Christ, that that the person that is doing the chair time, they're, they're building their own faith. Is that correct? They're building their own faith through that chair time more than through the row and the circle. Because yeah, it becomes they, more of an intentional, you want to know your creator firsthand, right? Yeah, they're, they're building that that their own faith, right? Um, if you, you want to get more technical, they're building their theology during that time, right? They're, sure. they're, they're taking uh, what they've heard 
in a church setting, in a small group setting, and they're testing it against their life. Okay. That right? makes sense. Yes. They sit in, in kids' church and they go, God is good, right? God is God is my friend, whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. Now they're looking at the Bible to see what the Bible says and then looking at their life and connecting those three. Watching it match That's up. That's what sure. they're doing okay. in, in, in those moments, right? Um, and this is extremely important in that moment of transition. And, and this is, you know, you're going to find out as we talk more and more about this. Mm-hmm. This is something that's really hard to do in the moment. When you're talking about parenting your kid through that transition, it's really hard to do in the moment. Yes, very But hard. it's something that, you know, if you have toddlers, now is when we start to look at that, right? Now is when yes. we, or elementary age or middle school, like four years flies by fast. Very it fast. flies by really, really <laughs> fast. And All so, of it does. 18 years flies back flies by really fast. Right. And so being prepared for that. Um, and the reason that I think uh, that we see that huge percent of, of kids leave when they go off to college is because of those three metrics. Think about it this way, right? So if I have a, a student who's attending Pathway students, they are coming on Wednesday nights. Um, they're going to small groups on Wednesday nights. They're coming on Sundays and they have a personal chair time, right? Yes. They are getting all three components, right? Mm-hmm. Now, they decide, hey, I'm going off to school somewhere. Maybe they're they're, they're going to University of uh, Montana. I, I don't know. Pick, sure. pick a college, right? Far away, yeah. Far away, right? Away from mom and dad. Away August, from their church body. Right, and away from their church body. So August 20-something rolls around. They move out there. They just instantly lost three, two of those three things, right? Right, they, yes. And, yep. and they can still try Obviously, we're, we're blessed with the ability to connect online, we're blessed with the online uh, presence that we have at Pathways. And so there's a piece of that they still can hold on to, but they're, they're going to lose one piece of that. They're going to lose that Christian community, right? Right. And so for for our those students, they're, they go from having all three to one, all three to two. Ooh, yeah. That's really important. And, and when I think about that, um, it's tough not to think about myself at that age and go, was my chair time strong enough to hold me over at that point in time in my life? If I had done that, if I had moved, uh, you know, hours and hours away from my parents, was my faith, you know, strong enough? Was my chair time strong enough to hold me over until I could get connected to a church body that challenged me to be in the word? Wow. That's why this is hard. Yeah, that is hard and a lot to think about, especially if you have little ones teaching them how to have that great chair time so that it, yeah. That is enough when they move far away from mom and dad. Yeah. And, and the wow. and that's something actually that we do as a um, a student ministry. So if you're, you know, pick, think practically for the the parents that are walking through this right now, uh, one of the things that we're doing practically with our students is we actually connect them with uh, a church body where they're going. Um, it's something that we've started doing because I have this passion for students and to see them not walk away from the church. Um, and there's nothing cooler. I actually had an experience at the, the church I worked at in Beloit where we had a, a student who was going to Marquette, Michigan. Okay. And I just happened to know a youth pastor in Marquette, Michigan. And I got to connect the two of them. And, that you know, that student was able to go to that church. Oh, that's and awesome. And the parents were able to meet this pastor. Um, and I, I could always text and say, hey, you know, 
so and so, how how how's this this student doing? That's an incredible tool to be able to give a student transitioning out. Half of them don't know what they're doing, right? Oh yeah, that, I mean, what as they transition how, out, what a great what, tool. What eighteen year old knows <laughs> yeah. what they're doing, right? I did not know. <laughs> I did not know what I was doing, but what a great tool to be able to walk alongside them and help them get plugged in somewhere other than Appleton, Wisconsin, or wherever they are. Yeah, it, it helps a ton as they they start to talk about that that transition. Um, mm-hmm. So so here's what I'd love to do. Um, and at the end of this podcast, we're going to give some more practical uh, tips for parents that are walking through this season of life with their their students, and also give some practical tips for um, you know for some of the the parents of younger kids sure. that are going to walk through this eventually. Sure. Uh, but before I do that. I wanted to kind of pick your brain, Rebecca. Sure, so sure. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Rebecca has uh, three kids and one actually graduated this past year. Yes. Um, and she's also a, a junior and a, a ninth grader. That is correct. Yep. So yep. she's got a... We're in the mix of yeah, all of she's this. She's in the mix of it. Yeah. Um, yep. And so I thought, man, what a great opportunity we have to sure. connect with a parent on the back end and say, hey, what did you learn? How, how, how did this stuff go? So I've got some questions for her you and I'm, I'm excited about this. Sure. Um, so kind of, you know, to connect back to the, the parents that have young kids, uh, tell me about your, your mindset, right? You, you, your, your husband, Brad's mindset, uh, for your kids growing up, like <laughs> t- talk about how you approached parenting a little bit. Well, honestly, to be real and transparent when they were little, like I was just talking to somebody about this that has younger children. And I told him, I said, well, my mindset when they were little was to survive. <laughs> like yep. no, like as I, a mom, <laughs> as a mom of three, I had three kids, four and under. I said, my, <laughs> I really just was trying to survive. Just but trying no, to make it. I, trying I to make it day in and day that. out. But really, the one of the most important things I felt from the time that my kids were young enough to understand, even when they were really little and I was changing diapers and doing stuff like that, is to constantly tell them. I wanted for my kids to know that Jesus loved them yeah, wholeheartedly for who they are, that he created them. He made them in his image. I wanted them to know his love for them. And I also wanted them to love him. Like you said earlier about your your boys. I'm like, my goal as a mom has always been that my kids, first and foremost, above anything else, above any degree or any success, is to love Jesus as their Savior, because really it's the only thing that matters in the end. Yeah. Um, I wanted to teach them a, a mindset. I always, since they were young, talked a lot about their character and creating good character in them, because I found like that was a very important thing for them. I'm like, you live in a world with a ton of different people. Not everybody has good character, right. but I wanted my kids to grow up being good individuals, being kind to those around them and of having good character, being authentic individuals and not, not, uh, ones who people would, would question, question their character. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes, yep. that makes sense. Um, and, and I think that that's a mindset that we see for mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, a lot of us as as Christians, as we try to raise our kids. And I loved what you said about, you know, just trying to survive. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, let's let's not let's not pretend that, you know, there's there's some parents that they, they they've got it all figured out. They fly through um, those years. <laughs> the, the, the majority of us, we're just trying to figure it out. Yeah. We're just trying to, to make things work. We're just trying not to get angry. Right. We're just trying to work through 
um, how in the world we raise right raise kids, and I have right? this is my first one right this is my first graduate she was like the tr- we joked the trial, the trial kid, kid. <laughs> she's the trial kid the one where you're like oh <clears throat> yeah we'll do that differently with the next one but I really want another thing going back to like the the mindset too I'm like something I really wanted to teach my kids and I feel like they it, it did sink in eventually was that the world wasn't about them you know, I yeah. think we grow up in a very selfish culture. I think we're by, na- by nature, we're selfish individuals. And I really wanted them to grow up knowing that there's so much more to the world than just you. You're not what the world revolves around. Right. So, yeah. The, the world doesn't. <laughs> even doesn't when they were little, it was you. like, nope, the world, there are other people here that does not revolve. You can share your toy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. So that's kind of the, the mindset. Um, what would you say as you. Now, mm-hmm. now let's talk through. Obviously, you elementary age. Now you get into those those high school years, yes. those middle school years that are really, really challenging. Yes. Uh, what became kind of the focus, the the big focus of your your parenting in in those those seasons? So, in the last few years, specifically having teens, having right, like I have a freshman now, but middle school last year and and high school age kids, uh, some of my are some of the most important things that I felt was grace, forgiveness. And again, going back to that character building, I tried to really model in my home that, that mom messes up, right? That they mess up, Mm, mom messes up, we make mistakes, but that there's grace in that to go back to ask forgiveness so that they know, I'm like, I wanted them to be able to see in me what the father, I mean, I mess up all the time and God forgives me. Yeah. For my mistakes. And I wanted them to see that same behavior modeled in our home to know that they can, when they mess up someday down the road, right? I'm like in their adult lives when they've launched and they're no longer under my influence. If they mess up, there is a heavenly father who loves them and forgives them for their mistakes. And it doesn't have to define who they are and the outcome of their lives. Yeah, I think that's that's such a, a key component of working with with teenagers mm-hmm. um, is to that that grace, that forgiveness, um, that that whole understanding of, of that, because it and, and obviously it is that balance, right? You, you want to yes. create this grace and forgiveness so that they're not ashamed, so that they're willing to talk to you, they're yes. willing to tell you what's going going on in their lives, but at the same time that that structure and that rigidity to say. Yes, you can come to me with anything, but there's also consequences. There are consequences, for actions, right? And there so are, it's that, yes. that middle ground between those two things, right? It's a balance, yes. So just yep. that, that's a great picture, kind of, of your guys' heads as you work through this. Um, and I, I love the fact that you guys are, are willing to say, like, mm, we we are not perfect. We we're, we we're are still not. figuring it out. <laughs> and I don't think there's um, ever been a parent I've talked to that have you know launched a kid and said. Yeah, that went exactly the way oh, I thought it gosh. would. I would like, like to that was meet perfect. those. If there are any, I want right? to meet them. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, send me a send me a text. I'd love to have a conversation with down. you about how I can what I can do in right now yeah. to make that that happen. Yeah. Um. So, tell me a little bit about um your, your daughter's uh kind of her her going out into the world. Right. This this moment where oh my goodness, eighteen, eighteen graduated. Now what? So now tell me kind of what? about that whole process that whole process was uh, to be honest it was very tough okay and so she is still she's living at home she didn't go away to college she's just going to a local college saving some money living at home um but i came to realize very quickly 
that as independent as she wanted to be, like fiercely, my oldest, she is fiercely independent and does not really want to rely on people. Like it's a thing she has. She's like, I don't want to ask for help, even though she knows she needs to. Right. Um, but one of the biggest things was that I, I don't, I feel like she really wasn't very prepared for adulthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't, I'm like, I, I couldn't even really put my finger on what she wasn't prepared for, but I don't think she was prepared for all of it. I don't think 18 year olds in general, no matter what we teach them, no matter what our mindset is going up, you know, I was an 18 year old once too. And I had this mentality that I could do anything and I conquered the world and like, I just have it all together. And I think at 18, she expected to have every, to have every answer. She expected to know exactly yeah. what she wanted to do for her life. She expected to be able to have, you know, thousands of dollars put away to just move out and like all this stuff. And it just didn't, those, tra- that, that it's, physical transition didn't happen where yeah. she got to move out and she did all these things. It's funny and how it that happens, difficult. isn't it? It's funny how, I, like I was actually talking about this the other day. Um, it, when I w- graduated high school, I had like a 20 year plan. Like I had in the next 20 years, this is what's yes. going to happen. Here's the direction that's going to happen. I'm going to know exactly what I was, what I'm doing. And what I've noticed as I've gotten older is the 20 year plan becomes a 10 year plan, becomes a five year plan, becomes a three year plan, becomes a two year plan, becomes, I don't know what I'm doing next tomorrow. week plan. Right? Like, <laughs> yes. I legitimately yes. have no clue what's going on yes. in the next week. Right. Yes. And this is, this is the, the case of uh, adulting, right? You, right. you walk into it idealistic and and then you you kind of get hit by life a couple times and and you learn all you learn a lot in the in the process and I think it's really I like in high school I said you start out as a freshman in high school with all these like academic advisors saying okay what do you want to do when you graduate high school so they they come into high school with all these pressures of like having to know what they want to do for their lives who they're supposed to be for their lives so by the time they hit 18 and they're ready to vote, they're like, well, I should know who to vote for. And I should know all these things. And <laughs> yep. I was like, no, you you shouldn't. My daughter came to me one day and she was like, I should know how to go to the bank and do this. And I said, you shouldn't know. That's something that was taught to me. And I'll teach that to you. It's yeah. not something that you just inherently know. Right. It, <laughs> very so, interesting. <laughs> speaking of, of, of teaching your kids yes. things, especially your, as, as they're getting close to that age, What's one thing that you you're really glad you taught uh, your your eldest daughter, and what's one thing that you wish you would have taught uh, before she turned eighteen and and kind of Ooh. entered the world of adulting? Huh. <laughs> I think. Sorry, I'm putting you on the no, spot. No, that's okay. I think one of the most important things that I've taught her is generosity. Yeah. I'm like, I've taught her how to be generous and I have taught her that all the answers that she needs to her life are in one book, one book. And it's her choice, right? It goes back to that chair time. It's her choice to spend the time and to get in that, in that book um, and to really learn her direction of her life through that one source. Um, and what was your second question? What yeah, do so, I wish I would have so taught what's her? What's one thing that you're like, man, I really wish that I would have taught this. Let's see. Hmm. Um, 
That is a tough one. There's there's probably a lot of things I wish I would have taught her as she's like 19 now. Um, I probably would have taught her a few more practical things. Honestly, I would have taught her some more practical stuff like balancing checkbooks, even though we don't really use checkbooks anymore, but there's still budgeting and all that kind of stuff. I felt like that came a little bit late, like that came after she graduated and a little bit late when she already thought that she knew how to control money. Yep. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. It's funny because I, I, as I asked that question, I was thinking through um, kind of my experience and, you know, growing up. Um, and I, I think one of those one of those things that um, I, I kind of wish that I would have been taught or I would have learned uh, was money management. Money That's management. definitely one yep. of the things that um, like I was I, I definitely did not know what I was doing when it came to managing money or, you know, handling mm-hmm. any of that, um, you know, and we actually talked about this on our money matters podcast um a couple couple months ago but there was like a season in my life where i didn't pay power bills uh, oh. when i like first became an adult because i was like yeah. no i need to save money yeah. so it was sitting in the bank and i ended up paying it but at the same time like it just wasn't something that i had thought through you right. know I, like i i never I didn't have high school classes on it didn't have no. i just never legitimately never thought through it right and um, while they were going through high school it wasn't something because we're still paying for their things and we you know what I mean like we it, yeah. it wasn't something that really that we really thought about their own independent finances but now since the time she's graduated to now I said we've been able to really work with her and now I said my oldest is at the point where if there's a bill due She'll be like, I can't find a statement. Where is it due? And I'm like, honey, it's not due for another month. And she's like, but I want to pay it today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll that we'll is that. excellent. <laughs> we'll do that right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, as, as you kind of look over uh, that entire, yeah, that, that entire time period, um, what was one thing inside the church that helped you as you, you walked through that? Like what was one thing that you feel like that the church did really well to help you as you, um, as you launched your, your kid? Um, well, I think just the church being here, the row circle chair is huge. I'm like, when that came to be just a pivotal part of, of our church, I think that is huge. It taught me. And I, I mean, I've done all these things. My kids grew up doing the row circle and the chair, Yeah. but to actually put it into words and say, this is why we do these things and to have an incredible youth program. I honestly believe I'm like, if kids are not plugged into some sort of, of youth program in the church, as they enter those teen years, like my kids wanted to be at youth group. I did not force my kids. I'd always told my kids growing up, I said, you don't have to go to the church we attend. You don't have to go to youth group there. I would like you to go somewhere. But it was never a forced thing in my house. And my kids willingly want to come. They get angry when they can't come, when we're closed (laughs) or we're gone. You know what I mean? But I think that's a huge part is having people pour into them. Mentorship. I believe mentorship is huge. I'm like, my kids have all had somebody that has poured into them on a different level than what mom or dad can. And I think that's been a huge, a huge part. I wish we had more mentors. Like I wish that every teenage kid had a mentor, somebody that that they could just trust and that could pour into them. Yeah. Those are, those are all really, really good things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, what I want to do now is I thank you for experience. Thank you for just kind of sharing that. Cause I think it's, it is a, it's something that doesn't get talked about very often of, you know, we, we ask the questions when, 
you know, our, our kids are in high school or middle school, but um, there kind of is that drop off at 18 where we're like, all right, cool, have fun. Um, and <laughs> call you know, me if you need me, but your, no, your experience still is, you. is, is very valuable. So yeah. thank you so much. Um, what I'd love to do is I'd love to kind of as we turn the corner here, I'd love to have a conversation uh, about how do we handle this practically, um, both from a young parent perspective, but then also for uh, those parents that, hey, my kid just launched or my kid yeah. is going to launch. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of handling both of the, more so the practical of both of those those areas. Um, sure. So as we, we look at that, uh, I think that the first thing I would tackle, because it seems intimate and it's, it's right here, would be uh, those parents that are next month, your kid's graduating. Um, do you have any advice? I've got some some sources listed here. I'm, I've got some stuff to share, but uh, do you have any advice for, for those parents? For the moms that are listening, bring your Kleenex to graduation. <laughs> That's a practical. <laughs> that, that is practical. That's, That's practical. another level practical kind of thing. Uh, you know what? I would encourage you just to tell your kids. I'm like something I've I've really learned to tell my kids in the last like with my oldest too, who's 19 now, she launched last June, is to tell her that it's okay to fail. Yeah. It is okay to fail as an adult and you don't have to have it all together. And I would just, I, I would, I would encourage all the parents that have that month, I say left, but you know what I mean? That month before they really launch onto bigger and better adventures before they go off to college in August, far, far away from you or whatever it is to spend that month with your kid, yeah. really pouring into your kid, sitting, talking, going out on dates with them, hanging out with them. That time, it, we talked way earlier in this. I'm like, 18 years goes by in the blink of an eye. I can't believe I have a 19-year-old when I felt like I just held my brand new baby. And it, it goes quick. Enjoy it. Date them, have fun with them, keep your line of communication open and let them know that it's okay that they fail. And I think that speaks to the influence, right? Because that's at the end of the day, and th this is kind of hard to hear as a parent, at the end of the day, when your kid turns 18, what do you have left? The influence you've created. Yes. That's what you have left. That's yes. what's left on the table for us to, to, to basically help them make good decisions is the influence that we have. Um, and w where do we get influences? Those personal connections. Yes. It's being intentional with them, not as this like authoritarian parent, no. but as somebody who truly cares about them. Right. Yes. So great advice. A um, couple of things that I would would say as far as the, you know, how do we, how do we give some practical advice to those parents that are walking through it right now? A uh, couple of things. Number one, we talked about earlier. Get your kid in a budgeting class. Yes. Um, <laughs> Please beg, beg, borrow, <laughs> steal, whatever you got to do, get them into um, some level of, of budgeting workshop, budgeting class. Um, you know, we have uh, different things here at the church. Actually, uh, Brian, Brian Frakes, who we had on the podcast before, uh, he actually is more than willing to sit down and help people out with that. That's one of the cool ministries yes. that he does here at Pathways. Um, and so that would be a good option. Um, there's, there's all sorts of resources you can do. Get your kid in a budging class. Yes. Set them up well from that. You don't uh, want them to like start as adulthood being broke. <laughs> right. That doesn't right. set anybody up well. <laughs> yeah. So we want them to be to be ready. Yes. Um, the other thing I would say, and this is really, really big, regardless of where they go, this is huge. Um, it, it would be the serve, find a place to serve in yes. the church. Amen. Serve in the local body. Amen. Um, there's actually some really cool stats that I've been looking at over the past uh, 
couple weeks here um, that would, would tell you that the chance of your kid leaving the faith altogether is cut in half when they serve in the local church body. Whew. Cut in half. The that's chance awesome. of them walking away goes away that, by half if they're serving. That's good. Right? All three of my kids serve. So right? <laughs> I was like, even my 19-year-old really continues to serve. Right? She's done with youth group. She's out of the, the middle school and high school youth group. And she still is serving and still is committed to serving. And my other two also. I think it's huge. I think yeah. it's huge for them to serve and, and, to, and to own that part of their church. To go even a step further than that, out of the, the I don't know, the, the, the other half, so it'd be 40%, I think it is, uh, that remain inside the church that are are involved. Out of that 40, um, the, the, the two reasons that seem to be given the most for why they're still involved in the church is their relationship with God. That's first, it's like 56%. The, the second, which is at 37%, is they believe in the the mission and the, uh, the, the purpose of the, the church. The vision of the church. That's so cool. Wow serving's important. It is very um, important. And so as as that parent, encourage that serving, right? Don't force. You can't force at this right. point in time. Right. Your authority's gone. It is gone. We can't, we can't force. Mm-hmm. But take a moment and, and try to encourage, maybe even serve with them, right? Let, let's, it's incredible. Let's create it's, some influence. Serve with yeah, them. It's incredible how much them. they want to do it when they feel ownership over it. If you put them in a position yes. they feel ownership over, they, they keep it. coming back. They love it. They do. They want to own something. They're an adult now. They feel like they want to own something. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, I would say serve the church. Um, really do these three things with them or try to get them to do these three things. This is kind of the the goal would be that they serve somewhere. They're doing life with other Christians, yes. right? Uh, go to all of Proverbs, right? You become who you hang out with. Yes. The people that you surround yourself with are going to be the people you become. Um, and so get involved in doing life and then get them involved in Sundays, right? That's a, a huge piece. Um, two other practical things that I would say, um, one for uh, the the parent who has a kid leaving and going further away, yeah. um, connect them with a the church. Mm-hmm. That's a great tool. Connect them with a the church. Do the legwork now. How are you getting to church? How, who's the pastor? Do we like this church? Is this a place where you can plug in? Or And, and sometimes it's not even that. It's, it's on on-campus ministry. Um, there's so many, whether it be InterVarsity, whether it be Chi Alpha, whether it be Crew, there's so many on-campus sure. ministries. But create an action plan with your kid now to say, how are we going to do this church thing, right? Yes, Give them so the important. other two before they leave, right? So important. They could, they could not miss a beat and bang, there's a connect to a church. Yep. So that's a huge piece. If they are staying home, here, here's something that I would suggest. Uh, obviously, this is not law. This isn't rule. Um, but if you are staying if your kid is going to stay home, they're going to be involved. Um, create a contract for your kid as they stay at home. Um, this might sound a little legalistic and weird, um, but it's important for you to let go of the bike, right? And kind of teach them a little bit. So maybe it looks like this. Maybe you say, hey, you can live at our house our house, and the rent you have is following our house rules, hmm. right? So the, the rent yeah, that you like, have Tell me more. <laughs> is our house rules. <laughs> yeah. You have to still follow these rules if you want to live in this house, right? Yes. Um, it's important that you don't flex some sort of authority over them, though, at this moment. So don't be like, yeah, you're going to be home at 10 o'clock. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Oh, right? yeah. I- but it's okay to have standards and boundaries and rules if you're going to live in this home. Yes. That, that's that's something that we do have, I like would I say, s- create that contract. Like I Find said, my 19 year old is still living at home. She still has a curfew and not because we just like 
set a curfew at 19. This was the same curfew that she had throughout high school. Yep. And she still adheres to that. She has not even said a thing about it. She still, <clears throat> she respects it. She. And I think it's, it, a, it's a good way to say to honor, because here's the other thing as a parent, you need to honor the fact that they're an adult now. Yes. You yep. have to honor that. Otherwise, they're going to push you away. Right. Yes. Honor them and say, hey, I know you're an adult. You have the choice right now. You could go and, and rent a place, and I understand that, and I would have no control over you. I want you to know that. You're an adult. I don't have the authority. Right. <laughs> However, I'm going to allow you to live here as a piece of this, right? We're, we're going to have a little give and take here where I'm honoring the fact that you are an adult and can make adult decisions, but I'm also going to say, hey, this is the way we live our lives in yes. this house, yes. right? Yep. Um, and so if you're looking for, I'd love to, if anybody's trying to figure out what that looks like, I'd love to sit down with you and have conversations about, mm -hmm. you know, what what does this look like practically? I love the idea of a, of, a con of an actual written contract because then there's nothing up for debate. And your kid needs to learn how to deal with contracts. Yes, yes. Because they're going to go sign idea. a lease and rent somewhere or, you know, they're going to take a job. Like, Mm -hmm. This goes it's back okay. to that. What would I have done? <laughs> I would have had a contract. <laughs> now I have one for my <laughs> right? middle one. <laughs> you're you're going to have, you, as you work through that, right? Yes. So those are some things practically in the moment. The other thing is mentorship. Yes. Um, this is where it gets really tough. You can't force your kid to do any of these things. Mm -hmm. If your kid doesn't want to do these things, it's really tough to do it. Um, and, and that's why, you know, kind of to flip the page as we talk about younger, that's why it's so important that we're, we're doing stuff now yes. yep. uh, to, to help help with that right mm -hmm. so what what can you do if you're a parent of young kids right now cherish every moment yes. and cherish everything every chance you get uh orange has this thing where uh, they they use i think it's either gumballs they or use marbles marbles, marbles, marbles right? yeah um but it's based off the statistic that uh you get 936 weeks from birth to age 18 936 weeks seems like a lot it's not until you start to take them off right and yes. all of a sudden you're like I mean, for my, oh, I'm going to start crying. This is not going to be good. Um, for my, my son, Liam, he's, he's four years old. I'm, I'm 200 marbles in. Yes. 200 some, I can't do math well, but 200 some marbles. I in, know. It's, right. My marbles are gone for my oldest. My marbles ran out a while ago. I had, yeah. um, they have an app. Orange has an app too, that you can put on your phone. So it's like the parent cue. <laughs> I didn't take it off my phone because it made me too sad. You want to be depressed and see how much time you have left with your, your kids before they turn 18. Get this I app, right? I didn't take it off because I was like, nope, it's going too quick. I got to enjoy it. Not, not watch the yeah. meter. So enjoy it. Spend yes. time with your yes. kids. Be intentional with your kids. Um, and, and this is the other place where we get the opportunity to, um, to use our authority to create influence. Yes. And that's through your kids respecting you, not because you're, you have the rules and because you have, you set everything up, but because of the character you have yes, and because you show them Jesus every day. Amen. So that, that would be one thing. The other thing I'd say is this, continue to drive them back to those big three environments, yes. row, circle, chair, over and over and over and over again. Because uh, those are the, the environments where they're going to meet Jesus, mm -hmm. where they're going to find real, real change. Um, that's one of the things I, I love about actually my wife is my wife is so good at chair time. I'm so grateful for this because I, when I do chair time, I have to like be alone somewhere, yes. like almost Agreed. borderline yep. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. like dark room kind of thing. Like that's what I need um, to, to have my my chair time. <laughs> my wife is doing chair time on the kitchen table the kids are running around and she's able to do it. Um, but I love that because it shows my kids, 
this is an important piece they of see this. It. Yeah. And my favorite thing, the, the most rewarding thing as a parent is watching uh, Levi grab his Bible off the counter and walk up and be like, Aww. Mom, read this. Aww. Read this to me, right? They're watching. Um, and it's, yeah. So, so for, for me as a dad, that's something that I absolutely love. And that's something I want to impart to my kids. So, you know, I would say that those are the two big practical pieces of advice that I would give. Uh, do you have any other practical advice that you can think of for was, those young kids? For the, for the younger kids, I think you covered it pretty well. I mean, like you said, be intentional as a parent. You're tired. We get it. <laughs> I get it. You're tired when the kids are little and it is like a whirlwind. Every day blends into the next. One blends into the next, but but be intentional with it. Have as much, as much fun with your kids as you can during those years. And I was going to say, just add a little bit to, if you, have a, if you have a kid that is about to launch in a month or has already launched, like in my family, I've already had one that has launched, and they go through a season where they don't want to do the row circle chair. Like Michael was talking, I'm like, you can't force them. They reach a certain age, your authority is done. Yeah. You can't force them, but you can keep inviting them, inviting them keep and keep them showing up for them and keep showing them Jesus. They'll eventually yeah. come back. Absolutely. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for, thank for you. being here and thank being you. a part of this. And um, I, I hope, parents, I hope this was helpful for you. Again, if you have any yes. questions, if you're uh, one of those parents that's walking through that season right now of um, your your student becoming an adult, mm -hmm. I'd love to have a conversation with you if you need any any help or have any questions, or um, I, I'd love to just do life with you. Um, the other thing that I wanted to make you guys aware as our listeners is the the next podcast we'll be doing for Table Talk, I'm really looking forward to because it's going to be a, a, a question and answer. Um, so I don't know if you have questions or you've been wondering, but stay tuned because what we're going to actually do um, is we're going to allow you guys to ask the questions and we are going Ooh, to I pull together our, our, our team and answer the questions that you have, whether they be about parenting, theology, I have no clue what's going to come in. A uh, little bit terrifying, uh, but we're excited for it. So be great. Um, be watching social media. <laughs> Otherwise, you can send me an email if you have a question. Uh, that email is michael l at pathwayschurch.us. Uh, with that being said, thank you for joining us for Table Talk. We'll catch you guys next month.